When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Good morning, afternoon, and evening, everyone. Welcome to the 23rd episode of the FPL Wire, powered by Dream Set Go. We are recording ahead of Game Week 25. I'm your host, Zofa, and I'm joined, as always, by Twitter stats guru, Big Man Bakar. How's it going, brother? Yeah, thanks for having me off. Uh, it was a decent game week. I ended up on 99 points, uh, agonizingly one short of 100. Um, Gundogan did me well. He was my captain. Other than that, Fernandez, Cancelo, Tarkowski, Pope helped me accumulate a good source of points. Uh, Suchek, as usual, blanked. Uh, <laughs> of course. But, uh, Nobody of course, expected otherwise. Like, surprise, surprise. But now I've activated my, my wild card. So, well, good riddance. <laughs> How was Sunday, Bakar? I spent it uh, playing football with some of my mates. All right. Cool. Mm, I thought you'd be playing billiards for some reason. I think the fact that Bakar was playing football with some of his mates is going to make a lot of people happy. No commitments yet. <laughs> <laughs> How was your game week, Ella? Oh, the same shit show has been all the season. Uh, Actually, my team did pretty well. Uh, you know, the moves that I made, I, I sold Sun for Sterling. And uh, I sold uh, Ruben Diaz instead of Stones for Tarkovsky. So I, I did well on the moves. But uh, you remember we were talking about the whole eye test. And I was worried not owning Gundogan this week. And I went with Sterling for a one-week punt as a captain. So I, I managed to get like 84 points with a minus four. So that's 18 net. It would have been a lot better if I had uh, Gundogan as my captain instead of Sterling. I would have scored 100 plus. But uh, them's the breaks this season. I'm not pressed the wild card yet. I'm hoping that uh, we get the fixtures as soon as this podcast is uh, up and live. Uh, just for our listeners, we're expecting, likely expecting the Premier League fixtures at 4 p.m. UK time today. That's around 9:30 in the night Indian time. Uh, so. Watch out for those uh, confirmed fixtures. If we don't get the fixtures today, I'm beginning to worry because I think then they'll be released 4 o'clock UK time tomorrow. That gives us, I One think, hour. 
one hour to no, uh, I think it's later, right? Because it's only there's no earlier kickoff tomorrow. I think it's only the no, later sorry. kickoff. Yeah, so I have a couple of hours, two and a half hours, I think. Yeah. Uh, to finalize the waka if the fixtures uh do come out tomorrow. Uh, absolutely no plans tomorrow in case fixtures don't come out tonight, and I'm ready to. Uh, build the wildcard team in a couple of hours. I think what you need to do is just assimilate as much in, as much information as possible, and then hope for the best. Absolutely. How about you, Zaf? Good week, bench boost yes. that worked out well. Good week. I love it when a plan comes together. So 115 minus four, about 26 points gained with the bench boost, and and luckily I don't have to sweat over fixtures now like you guys. I think that's probably I think the biggest benefit of it just sitting there refreshing fixtures, fixtures, fixtures. <laughs> don't have to be doing that stuff. So it's a nice way to go off. So let's get started. We'll try to keep a pod a little bit shorter, guys, because you know there's all about just like 24 hours to the deadline. So we'll try keeping it to around 40, 45 minutes today so you can consume the entire thing before tomorrow's deadline. So before, Do a 90 minute pod. No 90 minute pod today. If we had the fixtures, we might have, but it seems kind of like pointless doing it now. So before we start, uh, let me just change this slide. A quick word about our sponsors. Dreamset Go is a global portal for fans to gain access to sporting events around the world. Accommodation, flight tickets, hospitality, stadium visits, everything can be tailored exactly to your requirements. They also do celebrity experiences, which include master classes with your favorite sports celebrity, or something as simple as birthday shoutouts. You can find links to the products in the description below. The FPL Wire is a part of the Fantasy Scout Network and all stats used in this podcast are taken from the FFS members area. Please sign up if you haven't already. Also, we finally set up an FPL Wire League. Thank you for everybody that's joined it. I think we've gotten 2,000 plus members in the league in the first week. That's incredible. Uh, in case you haven't joined our league uh, as yet, uh, please do because I think there are amazing manager of the week prizes up for grabs. The league code is DOC0YG. You can see it on the screen as well. And uh, join this league. And uh, if you're manager of the week, you're going to win some amazing video shout outs from sports celebrities like Herschel Gibbs, Prabhajan Singh, JJ, Manthi Langer. Speaking about JJ, we had our first winner uh, for uh, the manager of the week in Game 24. And Surprisingly, it was an incredibly close contest. I think I believe the winner won due to a, a goal scored. Uh, Ashwin Nazareth, congratulations to you! You are you have won a shout out from JJ. Do get in touch with us. You need to email us at thefplwire at gmail.com and uh, then the guys from Dream Set Go will get in touch with you. He scored a massive 138 points, and there was he took a minus four on top of that, so there was a net 134, and he won on goal scored. Somebody else the differentiating goal was by, by Timo Werner. Nice, nice. That so Chelsea fan to win it. That's nice. Also, I think it's a guy from my city, from Bombay as well. So happy that the first winner of the uh, manager of the week is from my city. Uh, just quickly walking you guys through the agenda. We're going to keep it crisp. We're going to start with Buckers' top three stats. The three teams we're going to be discussing are Chelsea, Leeds United and Southampton. The two teams that are having a double in game week 25. After that, we're going to quickly just browse through uh, the game week 26 fixtures and the fixtures after that. Uh, talk you through the poor player pool that Bakr and me and Zofar are considering on our wildcards. Then uh, after that, this usual fair. Hot fixtures, captains, uh, our own teams. I think this week it's just going to be Zofar's team because Bakr and me are likely on wildcard and we don't have a draft yet. Uh, 
Bakar. Yeah. So, so as always, I have three stats for our viewers and listeners. Um, the first stat I have is regarding Luke Shaw. So I've been writing about Luke Shaw for weeks, but I, I think this this um, this time is, is seems more appropriate to, to sort of give him more attention, given that most of us are two of us are on wildcard, and there are a lot of other managers in the community who are wildcarding as well. And there, there are actually a lot of questions regarding you know differential defenders to go for. Um, in the double game week to make up ground. I think Shaw looks to be the standout pick among defenders. In the past six games, he has 16 chances created, which is top among defenders. And during this spell, he's second for a big chances created too, which makes him top for expected goal involvement among defenders during this period. Um, United have accumulated the second highest amount of big chances at home this season, and now they're coming up against a toothless Newcastle attack, which which indicates that Shaw is a good option not only for the double but on but also for this week because he has potentials to deliver at, at, at like he has serious potential to deliver both ends of the field. Um, what stands out for me when I when I talk about Shaw's numbers is that his numbers have been consistently great over a sustained period. It's not just happening over you know two weeks, four weeks, six weeks. So when I even look at a reasonable sample size of of even like the past eight game weeks, he's second for chances created of all players in the league, not just defenders. And I mean, he's created more chances during for um, during the past eight game weeks than even the likes of Bruno and Grealish, which is incredible for a defender. Um, and like he's been delivering as well. I mean, he's accumulated the most assists during the spell. What makes him an, an even more explosive option, in my opinion, is that given that he has the best uh, minutes per BPS ratio, which is the minutes per baseline bonus ratio of all Man United defenders, which th- that tells me that he has the potential to haul big whenever United are to keep a clean sheet because that ratio, the, the BPS ratio that he has, the minutes per BPS ratio, that suggests that he's likely to accumulate bonus as well whenever United are to keep a clean sheet. So, I mean, why don't you talk us talk more about Shaw given that you're a United fan? Like, talk us through it. Just a couple of things I'll add on to what you mentioned. Uh, In in addition to his uh, chance creation threat, I noticed in the last couple of games that when we are crossing from the right-hand side, Shaw is taking up the Alonso position at the far post. So I I feel like he has a goal in him as well. Just something I've noticed in the last couple of games. He's getting a lot closer to goal, especially if we are crossing in from the right-hand side. So that's something worth mentioning. I I feel like he's got a goal in him. And uh, I feel like his uh, rotation threat is uh, negligible. Uh, and a little overplayed in the FPL community at 5.0 million. He's a snip and very likely going to be on my wildcard as well. Just under 10% owned as well at the moment. Mm. That's interesting because ultimately I was going to tell you, I have three concerns with Shaw. The first one you sort of allayed. Number one was the rotation, right? With Tellers. And like we are discussing, the Sociedad game is actually a difficult Mm. one initially in the Europa League. So I don't know what he's going to do with that. But like you think, I think Shaw is far ahead now one of your top creative outlets. Number two is the actual potential for clean sheets, right? With that calamity centre-back pairing of Maguire and Lindelof, as we saw against West Brom. So, do you think many clean sheets around the corner? The fixtures aren't that easy. Yeah, I mean, uh, th- I'm not sure, but I I don't know who I prefer at this price point. It's more the price point also. If he was 5.56 million, maybe I think twice about it, but 5 million, I'm happy to take my chances. That's fair. I agree with your worry about our defence. I've not been uh, very bullish on our defence all year. I think uh, uh, Fred and McTominay have made our defence look better than it is. They've been protecting their defence pretty well. But uh, we're taking a shout. And, and and especially the Newcastle game and the Palace game, 
yeah. you'd like to think that both are clean sheet fixtures. So yeah. I mean, at that price, you'd want him long term on the wild card, wouldn't you? Yeah. And about the Europa worry also, so like we were talking, yeah, I, I am worried that uh, Sochia plays a very strong team because Sociedad isn't exactly an easy opposition. Mm. But I think the fact that we're on a poor run in the league uh, uh, and we need to win the points in the league to secure fourth position, I, I, I feel like Shaw has nailed. That's Not nailed, but I, I expect him to play five or six games in the league. Yep. I do agree. So and my third point was going to be regarding injury, but I think he's been relatively better with injury record this year also, right? Yep. Yep. Cool. Let's move on to the next one. Salah. Yeah. The second stat I have for um, for the listeners and viewers is regarding Mo Salah. So this this stat is particularly per- pertinent and relevant to those uh, managers who, like me and Pranil, are on on wildcard this week. So a lot of managers, given uh, given Liverpool's slump, are considering. Uh, Salah's place in their wildcard team, given that he costs, you know, 12.4, 12.5 million, he's, he's, he's very expensive. So, I, I'd like to quote some stats which, which kind of serve as a convenient reminder of, of his ability and his, his potential. He's still, stop, he's still top for big chances in total and big chances scored among midfielders this season, despite the Liverpool slump. Uh, and recent form is on his side as well. I mean, he scored a goal very recently in the Champions League. And then even in the past four game weeks, when I look at his stats, he's in the top three for big chances, short inside the box and non-pen XG for all players in the league. So, I mean, his stats couldn't be any better. I, I don't personally see a reason to sell him. Now, this week, he's coming up against an Everton side who are in the bottom three for non, um, non-penalty non XG conceded over the past four matches. So, it's it's... Like I, I won't be surprised if, even if he braced there or something. So like, selling Salah is not for me. I'm 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 gonna keep the faith, and I I think they're probably gonna bounce back as well. Agreed. I'm in agreement at the moment. I'm actually most bullish on Liverpool out of all the teams at the moment. Uh, even a little more so than Manchester City at the moment because the last two fixtures, the last two games that I've seen, uh, Liverpool play. Even the Leicester game, Liverpool dominated and were in control of that game for about 75 to 80 minutes and then absolutely capitulated in the last 10 minutes. I feel like uh, it's like how we looked at Manchester City a couple of months ago, right? They were 10, 12 points behind first position and now they are leading the league by 10 points. In this case, you need to trust the manager. You need to trust the team. The players are good, the managers are good. And I feel like they've shown enough in the last couple of weeks for me to be bullish about them. So, I'm on my wildcard draft and not looking at just Mo Salah. I'm looking to add Trent Alexander-Arnold in my draft as well because I feel like Liverpool are about to sort things out. I'm just monitoring when Fabinho is back. Any idea how long he's out for, guys? Because I think long. once Fabinho is playing with uh, Kabak and uh, Henderson's moving back to midfield, I think a lot of the problems will be solved. Isn't uh, Kabak by itself the... a, b- a problem from the looks of it? He had a bad first game. Uh, against Leicester, but apparently he was pretty decent in the Champions League tie against uh, Leipzig. Okay, that's I what I've that. read and heard. Uh, just to add to the stats that Bucker mentioned, he's top of the league in the last four game weeks for big chances accumulated, and he's top of the league in the last four game weeks for shots in the box as well. And I'm mentioning this because I feel like a lot of people like Bucker and me who are going to be on wild card and are maybe looking at using the bench boost in game week 26. Uh, I think there's going to be a decision and a very difficult one between Bruno Fernandes and Mo Salah because I think you can't afford all the big hitters. And there needs to be some sort of a compromise, especially if you're going for a Harry Kane who has a pretty good-looking, potentially good-looking double game week in 26 as well. 
So there's going to be a little bit of a decision there in terms of who you're going to drop out of all these big hitters if you're wanting an all a well-rounded squad. And at the moment, uh, I feel like uh, Bruno Fernandez is going to be the fall guy for me because I feel like Salah is showing more at the moment. Uh, the big, the good thing I like about compromising one of I'm I'm talking a little bit of macro strategy here, but I think it's good to get it out of the way quite early uh, because when it comes to Salah and Bruno, you're not going to captain them. Uh, in game week 26, this in game week 25, despite Bruno having a standout fixture against Newcastle, because most of us are going to go with a Leeds attacker or a Southampton attacker for the captaincy in 26. Uh, in 25, in 26, I think City and Spurs have better fixtures than United and Liverpool, so you're not worried about captaincy there. In 27, it looks like Pep almost confirmed that uh, City are going to have a double game week in 26 and 27. So it it looks like you're going to captain a Manchester City player. In game week 27, uh, so you're not worried about the captaincy also, which uh, sort of reduces the fear of losing out on these players at the moment. So I'm thinking of uh, Bruno Fernandez being the fall guy because when it comes to Mo Salah's fixtures after game week 26 are also really really good, and their run from game week 31 to 38 is the best in the league, absolutely outstanding. So yeah. Let's move the last one, Aston Villa. Yeah. So. In in my last stat, I, I run a comparison uh, between Villa's numbers um, in the past four games, and I compare them to their season averages um, to sort of have a look at where their attacking stats lie. Um, so, for shots inside the box per game, Villa have accumulated eleven over the season. That that's their season average. In the past four games, they've accumulated five point eight. So that number has basically halved. For big chances per game, they accumulated three per game. Um, Over the season, which has basically dropped to 0.8, which is the worst in the league, and they're ranked 20th in the league uh, for big chances per game, which is extremely worrying. If you you own double Villa attack or uh, even the likes of Grealish, Watkins, as per like you know, at first glance, um, when I look at the average xG per game, Villa had an average xG 1.8 over the season, which is again half to 0.7, and for this stat as well, they've dropped to 20th in the league, which is again worrying. For for those who own uh, the Villa attackers, uh, now I sort of um, look at Grealish's numbers to to see the impact this has had on him because because as you can see from Villa's numbers, it's it's very apparent that you know the the kind of suggested they've kind of gotten out of all or, uh, all out attack more and they're going more towards grinding out results. So I ran a comparison between Grealish's season averages and his past nine matches to compare where his stats lie. For minutes per a big chance created, he he was creating a minutes per big chance in every uh, 117 minutes over the season compared to 202 minutes over the past nine matches. He was accumulating a shot inside the box every 39 minutes over the season as compared to 135 minutes over the past nine matches. Similarly, he was accumulating a big chance every 195 minutes over the season as compared to 807 minutes over the past nine matches. And he's accumulated just one big chance over the past nine matches, which is worrying if you're a Grealish owner. His similarly, his minutes per expected involvement have dropped from 148 to 290, which is worrying, um, extremely worrying. However, when I um, when I compare this trend to Watkins, I I don't think his numbers have have greatly been effective uh, affected, sorry, by by the slump or the change in Villa's strategy. Because when I look at Watkins' numbers, he's st- he's still in the top four for xG and shots inside the box for all players in the league in the same period. So he's still posting great stats. And for someone priced as cheap as he is, I I don't think he's worth getting rid of. 
particularly not for those managers who are on wildcard. I think he's 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 definitely worth keeping. Interesting. So, so you you've got uh, Emmy and Watkins in the wildcard draft locked in, Bakar. Yeah, more or less. What what do you think about English? Is he going to be in there, finding his way? He's draft? been in and out. He's been in and out, but I I don't think he's going to be in there. I I doubt it. I, I, so I, I'll tell you where I am in terms of uh, Grealish and uh, one thing that's very underrated with Grealish in a double game week is you're very likely going to get 160 plus minutes from Grealish in a double game week and one of the problems for uh, Villa's downturn in fixtures in form was the fixture congestion in my opinion uh, because uh, Smith doesn't like making substitutions because Smith doesn't like changing around his squad too much. All the key players are playing. I think he's just rotating maybe that right-hand side midfield spot and one center midfield spot. Outside of that, everybody's playing all the games. Uh, which is why I think the last few weeks, we've seen a downturn in performance because I think the players were tired. But I think the fixture congestion is done now. So, they're going to get a lot more rest than they did in that run. And uh, I was actually reading uh, Andy's tweet in reply to her stats that you just uh, quoted about Grealish. And he blanked against City, he blanked against United, returned against Newcastle, returned against Burnley, returned against Southampton, returned against West Ham, and then he blanked against Arsenal and Brighton, who are two informed defences at the moment. So, it's not like he's uh, doing unpredictable things at the moment. So, uh, given those reasons, he's, he's finding a place in my wildcard squad at the moment. Because the thing that I like the most about Villa is their double game week involves the Leeds fixture, which is still, in my opinion, one of the best uh, uh, fixtures for an attacker. I think it suits Villa's system as well. And uh, yeah, that's that. And uh, because of the injury to Matty Cash as well, uh, my faith in the defense has gone down a little. So I'm more double attack rather than uh, double defense for Villa. I think. You and me are on the same page when it comes to Watkins and Emi Martinez. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like Grealish might find his way into my wildcard draft. Mm. So, what's your thinking, Ben? I mean, from what I've been noticing, I'm a big Grealish fan. Had him owned him for large parts early of the season, but last four or five games, I am noticing at least maybe the post-COVID thing. There's a little bit dip in his output. He's not as direct as I'd like him to be. He's not getting as many shots. He's not creating as many chances. So. It's a valid point you made about the fixture congestion, but I'd like to spin that around. So now let's say now 26, they're probably going to have fixture congestion again, right? If they have the double. 27, they might not have a double. Then we're expecting another double in 28. They'll also won't have a free weekend off like many teams in 29. So the fixture congestion is, I think, something that probably will ease up only later on. So I don't know if that necessarily that problem is going to be allayed. And the problem now with Grealish is not Grealish himself, is as the alternatives in that position and at that price point. So somebody like your Madison and Harvey Barnes is who he's directly competing with. And right now, I think they're a bit more in form and I think Leicester are a bit more in form as a team. Got it. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, if you are having one spot for that 7 million-ish midfielder, the Leicester midfielders are definitely knocking on the door yeah. in terms of fighting against relation. They don't have the problem that the big hitters do in terms of being nailed. I think the Leicester midfielders, both Barnes and Madison are pretty nailed as well at the moment. So, it's a tough decision. I'm looking at getting two 7 million players in my wildcard squad at the moment. I'm not looking at having too many big hitters and I'm looking to spread cash around uh, and go for the value play as long as I have, a, I have captains in place at the moment. That's where I am at the moment. Let's see what happens once the picture. So, so many teasers. Yes. 
No, I, I haven't even built a draft, right? Like you know what the kind of compromises you need to make once you're building a draft, and I've just stared and stared at the fixture ticker, looked at the stats, and just trying to assimilate as much information as possible. Speaking of Madison versus Barnes, where do you stand on that? So I, I, I've been a very happy Harvey Barnes owner for the last three or four game weeks, but uh, at the moment Madison is above Barnes for me, despite the haul in the uh, in the Liverpool game. What happened in the Liverpool game was that Rogers changed the formation. Uh, Zofar shared their article in the Athletic, and uh, Madison mentioned that in the post-match match of the day interview as well, where Rogers played two up top and he played a diamond midfield. Uh, so I don't know if this is game management, and uh, uh, I feel like it's just game management. And Barnes is not going to play that close to goal every game, but it's an outlet that Rogers could use in the future. In the standard formation. Uh, what I've noticed is Madison is playing a lot closer to the goal. I've been mentioning this for the past couple of game weeks. Uh, sound like a broken record. And on the eye test, he just looks like a better player to me. Surprisingly, Barnes is completely outstanding him. Completely outstanding him. That said, I'm I'm just trusting the eye test, and at the moment, I'm Madison over Barnes. I'm the other way. I'm more on Barnes. I think I think Barnes is more direct. I think Madison, he is definitely a lot more forward still. But I feel like you know, see. The, Eddie Howe made an interesting comment in the post-match about the game. He said you can play a diamond sometimes, but not all the time. So, like you said, they probably aren't going to set up in that formation. But I think any time they're chasing a game, that's probably likely to be their outlet, like with Barnes and Vardy up top. So, I can always feel like to get multiple contributions from a game. I feel Barnes always feels a bit more likely. Madison gets the odd goal, the goddess is, but I feel the chances of haulage are more from Barnes in the game. And I think there's half a million difference in price. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because in terms of goal threat, Barnes, Barnes is outstarting Madison by by quite a distance. But I've noticed that Madison's creativity has actually gone up quite a bit over the past few games. He wasn't in form as such, in, even in terms of his creativity numbers over the season. But but they have improved over the past uh, four four to six game weeks. I, I noticed that he's 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 creating a lot of chances. He's created like three big chances in the past four games. So his numbers have improved, which wasn't exactly happening uh, over the season. Uh, when uh, I remember us doing a pod when we were discussing Madison versus Barnes around three to four weeks ago. And when I looked at the numbers, Madison had one shot in the box and one big chance created over the season. And that was like 20 weeks in. But now he's created like three big chances in already. Having said that, I still think if I was making a decision between Barnes, Madison and Grealish, I would still go with Grealish because I think he's more dependable. And who's your preference between Mads and Barnes? I think I'd I'd probably go with uh, with Barnes, but it's 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 hard. It's it's close. I, yeah, it's very hard. I, I'm on Madison at the We're moment, still talking but about like the players. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, so uh, it's, it's all good. It's all good. Man. Uh, what I was saying is that if. Uh, you you pick you're not going wrong when you're picking any of these three players at the moment. So if, if cash crunch is an issue and I need to find 0.5 million in my wildcard draft, I don't think Madison two bonds is a huge compromise. Like you're mentioning, it's a debatable decision at the moment. So I don't mind that. Right. Let's move on to the next. Now let's just quickly turn to team discussion. One of the teams that has been shining over the last few weeks, Chelsea. Shining with easy fixtures. Let's let's get that out of the way first. I don't think the team has been really tested as yet, and I'm uh, looking forward to seeing the next um, the double game week fixtures and seeing what happens there. 
See, the thing is, right, I trust Tuchel in those fixtures. We've had only one difficult fixture, I would say, obviously, the Spurs one, which isn't a very difficult fixture when Harry Kane isn't playing, really. So, But it is worth mentioning that in the league, we have yet to concede a goal to an opposition player. It's just Rudiger who's put the ball in the back of our net, and the numbers are there. In terms of, if you look at the shots, in terms of, like, you know, the XG conceded, I think we're only, like, 0.02 or something behind Man City. So the numbers are that, and what I can see, right? Sorry, is like you know, little bit of like you know, I wouldn't say I go as far, but a little bit of LVG ball where we keep possession and suffocate teams. So I don't think we will score too many. I think two, like you know, two is three is going to be the upper limit of what we score. But I think defensively, we are definitely looking like a good team to target. I can say that the every time I do watch Chelsea, they're looking better than they did in the previous week. So there is definitely the team is moving in the right direction. And uh, again, just mentioning because I've looked at the fixtures, while Chelsea have a potentially difficult looking fixture in double game week 26, uh, people should not have a tunnel vision here because their fixtures in game week 25 and their fixtures after game week 27 are pretty good. Uh, so they, play, they face Southampton in game week 25. In 27, they have Everton. In 28, they have Leeds away. In 30, they have West Brom. In 31, they have Crystal Palace. That's a pretty good run. Pretty, pretty good run. So, Zoff, why don't you just tell our listeners in terms of uh, assets to target for Chelsea? Right. So, number one in attack, I think the only guy who's looked reliable to start most of the games is our friend Timo. He's finally got his goal and he's generally looked lively. You can see he's been given a bit of fresh leads. I think Tuchel, to his credit, actually knows what he needs to do to get the best out of Werner. And I think Werner will eventually step up. Maybe he will be on our radar after the double game week because at 9, 9 million still seems like you know a bit too much to go there but the man who's really interesting me is our old favorite Marcos Alonso so for shots in the box he is actually second amongst all Chelsea players over the last four game week with eight shots and he's also up there in terms of chances created he's created four chances and in general like you know he's always there just around the box lurking and I think he is the preferred choice over Chilwell in this position. It's going to ch- matter a little bit on the opposition we play, right? If you need somebody who's more defensively solid, like against Liverpool, if you're going to be some have somebody on the left side protecting against Salah, that's probably going to be Chilwell, not Alonso. So you think Alonso gets the Saints game? You think uh, let's 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 deep dive a little. Hmm. Alonso should get the Saints game, right? I think so. Because uh, we have Champions uh, League also, I think, in the same week, if I'm not wrong, or either side around that. I think in Champions League against Atletico, he might prefer Chilwell. All right. Cool. Yeah, that's also a factor to play. Uh, and maybe the United game goes to Alonso and the uh, Liverpool, uh, game goes L- to... Liverpool game goes to Chilwell, you reckon? Or it can be either, uh, either inverse way. as well. And then the easier fixtures, you think he's going to prefer Alonso? Alonso, yes. But the, the tricky Everton. part is, uh, he, he, whichever one is going to be bench is likely to be subbed on. And this is something we have seen. The wing-back positions is one of the way, where he makes his substitutions. You had Hudson Adoy and Reese James interchanging on the right side. I think Alonso's already made a sub-appearance. So the only tricky part over here is, like, let's say you bring Alonso, he doesn't start. It's likely he's going to block your auto-sub with the cameo. Yeah. <clears throat> you think the upside's worth it? It depends, right? Now, see why you are building it now. I think the uh, the appeal of Cancelo is slightly waning a little bit today. If like you know, if you have to ask me, which one has more attacking potential of the two? I'd say Marcus Alonso hands down. It wouldn't I'm in su- agreement. It wouldn't surprise you any game just to see Alonso pop up with a brace with Cancelo. You just seen that one goal which was due to the linesman putting his flag up. 
So if you're going to go with only one, like let's say like you know, in your five-man backline, you can afford one rotation spot, right? Because other guys can cover it. So if you're going to go for that one guy, I think Alonso is a decent shot. Uh, how many, let's say, in terms of percentage, if you had to call it, you expect him to play 70-80% of the games? 70% is, I think, fair. 60-70% to 70% is where I would lean. I mostly agree with what, what, what Zoff has said. I, I don't have much to add over, over here. Just like a few more stats on Alonso that he's um, he's also top for penalty area touches among defenders over the past four game weeks. And, and he has actually his eight shots inside the box and the second highest is fifth. So that just you know tells you how far and above he is of, of all the other defenders. I, I put out a tweet a couple of days ago saying that um, you know under Tuchel only four players have, have started all games. Um, it was it was Kovacic, uh, Rudiger, uh, Jorginho, and, and and one more I'm Aspie. forgetting. Aspi, yeah, Aspi. Uh, so yes, there there does seem to be some some kind of um, some kind of rotation threat looming around all Chelsea players, but I. I do think that Alonso is safe for now, at least given how Chelsea are performing defensively. Uh, I, I think he should keep 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 his spot, and and he's someone I'm I'm very con- seriously considering in my wildcard team. Uh, other than that, I mean, um, I'm I'm not looking at anyone else. But Werner has been putting up some good numbers as always. I mean, his his big chances are right up there. He finally scored this week. Mount is creating a ridiculous amount of chances. Um, I mean, over the past eight games, I, I was just saying that Shaw is second for chance created, Mount is first. So, I mean, that bodes well for, for Chelsea going forward. But yeah, the, the slightly annoying thing about Chelsea is that their double isn't as appealing on paper. But when you look at the fixtures around it, uh, either side of the double, they're they're actually nice fixtures. So, I mean, I hope they kind of compensate for, for the less appealing fixtures in the double. Zof, you were saying something before I cut you also. I don't remember exactly. I was thinking, yeah, if we progress further in the Champions League, then we might see a pattern, right? You can see then if like Chilwell is preferred in the Champions League, we might see Alonso getting consistent starts. That was the point I was making. Just want to touch upon Hudson Odoi, who I think is going to play 75 to 80% of the games. 5.7 million. I was looking at the heat maps uh, between Alonso and Hudson Odoi. And Hudson Odoi is playing a lot closer to the goal compared to Alonso at the moment. Worth a punt at 5.7 you reckon, off. I think he's too risky there in terms of like because if he was a defender then maybe but in the midfielder he's sort of reverse out of position right he doesn't he's not going to get as many goals scored for and the thing is he's not taking as many shots also as Marcos he's probably going to be assisting and I think James is quite stiff competition because James can offer something similar to what he does fair enough but but in terms of my asset to target, I would say of all of them in defense, I would go for Rudiger. I think Rudiger at four point six is tremendous value, and he has a bit of goal threat. Himself. Fair enough. Agreed. Agreed. Right. I think we can move on from Chelsea. Let's get on to the double game week twenty five teams. Leeds first. Uh, Pakar, why don't you kick us off on Leeds? I, I think this one is fairly straightforward. Um, on wildcard, Dallas, Rafinha, Bamford. Bamford, Rafinha, they're absolutely locked in. Considering that, you know, I, I over the past six to eight game weeks, they've accumulated almost seventy this year, almost seventy percent of the big chances that Leeds accumulate. The only slight uh, question mark for me here is um, is Dallas because I I know that Leeds are defensively suspect and I I don't think they're going to keep a clean sheet in the double, um, and I don't see a clean sheet in game week twenty six as well. So he's a bit of a question mark, but. But then again, his attacking numbers are actually decent. So I'm I'm 50-50 on Dallas. 
but other other than that bamfinia bamfinia okay bamfinia the bamfinia <laughs> duo is basically set in my team yeah i think that's the case for absolutely everybody at the moment uh, on that dallas note i was listening to uh, a scout cast yesterday which was uh, really really good i thought and uh, seb wasel he's a lead span and he was making a point that if you're switching your lead players out into double game players in 26 then why not punt on a harrison over a dallas because his stats aren't bad when it comes to the attackers he's third fiddle to bamfinia at the moment we don't think that uh, leeds are going to keep clean sheets I, and i i agree with you i think at max they keep one clean sheet why not punt on a harrison who's not been doing too badly i think he's got three goals in the last four or five game weeks so he's been contributing fairly well and why not just go for the third leeds attacker he's also under 5.5 million it's something that appealed to me as a strategy so what's your thinking there baba the thing with harrison is that his, his stats are his stats are average uh, I, i i can't say he'll be involved in you know any of the goals with any kind of confidence uh, sure he might nick a goal here or there but but i i won't be too confident going in the, there the point I, is the, the point is he's fighting uh, in your squad against dallas for the third lead spot if you're going three leads i get it card. yeah I, i get the logic behind it but i yeah. don't know I, if i was if i was dropping dallas i don't think i'd get a third lead player okay. i agree cuz he's not know. fighting against the against like you no know, the dallas he's fighting against all the other players you can consider in midfield the opportunity cost in midfield i think is far greater than it is in defense yeah so i'll tell you what my thinking is on the wild card right so if i'm getting three leads attackers a leads are a team that you can rely on when it comes to attack and yeah wolves are sort of sometimes parking the bus sometimes not parking the bus but saints is a good fixture for the leeds attackers and inversely leeds is a good fixture for the saints attackers we should hopefully see goals in that game so why not increase the odds and get your leeds attackers in place what i also like is it leaves the options open to me for game week 26 in terms of which attacker to get uh because i don't want to be wasting transfers in defense and i don't want to be holding dallas for a long time as well so that's that's the thinking just uh, that i have in my head just a note on dallas also is worth mentioning as as seb said on the scout cast that they'll probably go to a back three for the saints game right bielsa does this when he's up against two strikers yeah. so in which case i expect dallas to be playing at right wing back they'll probably have center back so i don't think he might actually not play in midfield in either of these games is something to watch out for because that's a big part of his appeal is out of position role it all depends on i think calvin phillips yeah. fitness clicks fitness a lot of variables still up in the air and uh, and then speaking about variance and anomalies just that step uh, that stat that sep quoted uh, absolutely caught my attention uh, dallas has an for the season he has an xg of around 3.8 or 3.9 something and he's got five or six returns and luke ailing in comparison for the season has an xg of 3.51 not very far off from dallas and zero returns just shows how variance can sometimes affect things so drastically just wanted to quote that stat yeah but, yeah but but the reason behind this was because when ailing was playing right back he was quoting some some great numbers but when he switched to center back those numbers dropped off so when ailing is playing his right back his numbers are actually very good yeah yeah but look at the variance somebody yeah. is having pretty much the same xgi for the season six returns to zero returns that that's huge that's brutal yeah right yeah right so what i want to ask first about these leads guys is and this was a big dilemma for me when i was considering my strategy who are you guys how many are you guys planning to retain let's see bring in like two or three on your wild card this week you bring in ings how many are you planning to retain going into next week 
I'm personally very comfortable retaining Bamford and Rafinha for Villa uh, in, in game week uh, 26. I, I think Leeds are going to score um, probably once or twice there. And I like I know that Emmy Emmy Martinez is is an absolute saves beast, but I mean Villa are highly highly uh, overperforming their uh, expected goals conceded numbers, and I expect them to catch up. I I think that uh, Bam, Bam, Bam will will do well again in 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 26. And just uh, for people that don't have a free hit or people aren't very well versed with the fixtures, I think it's worth mentioning that Leeds have. Uh, only three games, only two games are being played in Game Week 29 at the moment and we're expecting three. Aston Villa versus Spurs to be added in Game Week 29. So, that's going to be a blank Game Week. It's worth mentioning that Leeds have a pretty good game against Fulham in that Game Week. So, you have a reason to hold on to your Leeds players right until Game Week 29, especially if you don't have a free. Depending on your strategy. Games. Depending on the strategy. Yep, yep. I, do, I just don't think everybody knows that there is a blank Game Week in 29. So, I just want to reiterate the Absolutely. In, simple stuff. That's all. Right. Let's let's we move on to Southampton. Uh, just another thing worth mentioning. I I don't think it's uh, for me, uh, but uh, it is worth mentioning that Pascal Stujic, who is a pretty decent threat on set pieces, uh, he's a three point nine basement defender. So if if you have a terrible team value and if you're just looking to fill in the numbers uh, with a basement budget defender, Stujic has a double game week in three point nine. So just worth mentioning that. That's all. Short term, right? But he probably loses his spot when you have all the centre backs fit. Agree, agree. Right, Southampton. Why don't you start us off, Ella? Uh, so Danny Ings uh, is uh, again pretty nailed in my double game week uh, draft because I, I wouldn't be surprised if he braces against that Leeds United team. And yes, Chelsea don't concede a lot of chances, but Danny Ings is that caliber of a striker that if you give him one chance, that's enough. Uh, so I'm happy to punt on Danny Ings, and it Pep pretty much confirmed that Saints have a double game week in 26 as well as 20. No, he confirmed 27. He is not confirmed. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Pep's Pep pretty much confirmed that Saints have a double game week in game week 25 and in game week 27. In 27, they play Sheffield United and Manchester City. So you're buying somebody who's playing at least three, at least five games in the next uh, three game weeks. So just for the volume and the caliber of the striker, and I feel like he's been looking pretty sharp. In the last uh, three game weeks, uh, beautiful, beautiful goal against was Absolutely love seeing that. And I thought he was looking sharp outside of that as well. I think it's a decent punt. You go for Danny Ings. Outside of that, I'm just going to run sure. through all the uh, other options. Well, Yannick Westergaard is an option to consider for sure. He's 4.7 million. Not very uh, expensive. Loves is a huge set-piece threat on corners and the value of that is increased because I feel like Southampton have one of the best set-piece takers in the league in terms of James Ward-Prowse. So, that's what increases the attraction towards Westergaard as well because you have such a good set-piece taker in the team. A good punt. I think he's good for a goal. And I, I, I feel like Southampton uh, defence isn't as bad as that Leeds defence. So, if, if given a choice between Dallas and Westergaard, I'd actually go for uh, Westergaard because I think they are Capable of scraping a few clean sheets uh, themselves. So, worth mentioning that. Do not go for James McCarthy because I was just, uh, he's going through a very bad uniform and I feel like it could be a trap and you don't want to spend transfers in your goalkeepers. Uh, I was going through the Southampton forum and 95% of the fans want uh, McCarthy dropped and Foster starting. And only about 40% of them expect that 
Hassan Atal is going to be doing that, but it's not like Makati is making saves at the moment, so I wouldn't go there. It's a it's a trap. I wouldn't go there. I want to advise against that. Che Adams doesn't look like a pick at the moment. Again, uh, on the scoutcast, as uh, I want to quote a couple of stats that David Monday, the editor at Scout, mentioned, where in the it's a very small sample set, but uh, Mina Mino is shooting as much, pretty much as much as Ings in the last four game weeks. So pretty decent punt at six million if you want to go there. Just wanted to add that. That's all. So I'm not as bullish on Southampton. I like them for the fixtures in 25. Wolves and, for example, Leeds. But in 26, right, if they have the double, we are looking at Everton away and Spurs away. And Just want to correct Chelsea and Leeds. Sorry, sorry, no. right. Wolves and that's for Leeds. So so 26, yeah. we are talking about Everton away and Spurs away. I don't think either fixture scream clean sheet potential over there. You're hoping really much for a Vestergaard goal. And in 27, you're looking at Sheffield United away and City away. So these are all A away fixtures. So, and in general, like, there's a lot of competition for Ings around that price point, right? 8.4, 8.5 is not cheap. You're going to get a lot more other options and all that stuff. So, I don't know how much sway the extra double holds for me. Like, the Man City fixture, away to Man City, I just look at it as an additional two points. Spurs and Everton, they've been decent themselves. So, I don't think you have to be a little bit careful of just purely playing numbers. Like, we have with double game weeks, it's not necessarily they gain points. Like, this week, we saw the second group of fixtures. It didn't necessarily yield points for rotation or whatever reason. So, I like Saints for this week, but I'm not that bullish on their prospects going forward. What is interesting, though, is they have good fixtures after 27. You have the likes of Brighton, I think Burnley, West Brom, and all in the 30, around game week 30. So that would probably like interest me, but I think besides Ings, there's nobody really I'm interested in. Bakar? Just a just Sorry. just a sorting by the fixture ticker between 27 and 32, Southampton are second. Hmm. So Saints, Brighton, Burnley, West Brom, and Palace is the run. That's a pretty good run. That's right. Bakar, anything to add? No, I think I'm I, I'm set on Ings this week. I I really like that Leeds fixture. Um, I'm I'm. Kind of possibly trying to plan my wildcard in a way where I am going to probably sell Ings next week for Kane. So that's something I have in mind. Uh, but but I think I'm going to go with him and I'm, I'm not really considering anyone else from Southampton. I um, I posted their defensive numbers a few days ago and their defensive numbers have completely collapsed over uh, the past 9 to 10 game weeks. Even if you take the United game out, they're still conceding like around two big chances per game. So I don't think anyone over there is worth getting. McCarthy's at risk of getting dropped. Westergaard is the one I'd go for if I was picking one. Um, other than that, I, I I still think the sample size is a bit too small to punt on Minamino. Adams isn't an option anymore, so Ings is the only one I'm I'm going to go with this week. So a people, a few people are talking about Redmond who played up front, but I feel like he's going to share minutes with uh, Adams. Adams exactly. Exactly. Well. Right. Uh, Bakar, what if uh, Saints have a triple double, a double in 25, 26, and 27? Would you sell Ings then? Just want to pose that question. Depends on how he does this week. I'll, okay, I'll so be... you're keeping him and then you can take yeah. that call. You're flexible with that call. Exactly, I'll be flexible with it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if so he my... races against Leeds, it's, it would be hard to sell him. Yeah, because, because again, Zoff, you mentioned that the double gamings don't look that attractive. I don't think the Everton fixture and the Sheffield United fixture are putting me off from an attacking standpoint. I quite like Ings against those two teams in 26. No, I get what you're saying, but the issue is not yeah. Ings himself. It's always right now because the team. There's, so many, there's so many other teams. There's so many yeah. other things. Like, for example, there were people talking about, like, you know, getting Ings in this week, leaving cash in the bank to go to Kane the week Correct. after. It could be very easily Kane outscores Ings this week. 
Kane could outscore Ings even with like you know in 27 I think 27 he plays what Palace he could again outscore Ings with the double so that is where the balancing mm-hmm. act comes into play if they were in isolation one of the few teams with the double then he's a no brainer that's why yeah. i just feel i'm not totally against your idea i just don't think it's very clear cut yeah especially because i think if you're talking macro uh, most people are going to have kane and uh, watkins as two of the three striker spots yeah. in 26 because they make a lot of sense and yeah. you have vardy competing with you for that spot you have dcl potentially competing for that spot and you have ings competing for that spot and you have so a 352 you could even go a 352 yeah fair enough while you do that i just have the fixture ticker up now over here we this is again provisional based on ben's assumptions which we believe are pretty good he called the man city the wolves stuff rearrangement so i'm pretty sure that we are going to be online with what we see over here so right go ahead bakar yeah so uh, as you guys know we have recently started a patron page at uh, patreon.com/theffilwire Our work continues to be free, and this is just if you want to support us. Uh, shout out to our newest patrons in the Jimmy tier. We have Benji Yag, Varun Bava, Aaron Lager, Naveen Venkatapathi, and Chris Bilko. In the Uma tier, we have Chitania Y. I'd also like to read out uh, a message from uh, Chris Blanco to all three of us this week. Um, so. Who's? I'm just going to quote that. I just wanted to say huge thank you for the fantastic content you have been producing this season. Thought-provoking, intelligent, insightful, and good-humored. It's the perfect combination. While James at Planet FPL and Luke Disable were the were the voices of my first lockdown with their fancy Chapman content, you guys have kept me sane and entertained throughout through lo- uh, lockdowns two and three, and I am grateful, so grateful to you. Uh, you've also taken me to my first. highest ever fpl position and my 133 point gave me 25 bench boost was fully inspired by you guys and it worked a treat keep it up you guys are an absolute gift best wishes chris thank you chris for the grateful words and for the extremely generous compliments they mean a lot to us thank you for the support also you guys now know how much uh, bakar doesn't really care about the patrons he completely forgot to give a shout out to uh, it fairly earlier so just you know that the kind of guy bakar is and he doesn't care too much about the money it's uh, it's about reinvesting it back into the pod for us so if at all you feel like supporting us you can visit www.patreon.com/fpl.we've we've had a lot of sign ups in the past week so thank you for that we're grateful thank let's you. let's move on to the fixtures thank you for your support for helping us grow Right now, so look at the fixtures first. Let's skip game week twenty four and twenty five, right? Since we've discussed those at length, let's start first with Man City. Now twenty six and twenty seven. It's now interesting with Pep pretty much giving us fair warning that most of these weeks are going to be single game weeks for what my players. What are you guys thinking on Wildcard? Still going with Triple City? I'm thinking about two at the moment. I'm thinking about Gundo plus Diaz. And uh, avoiding the benching headache altogether, because I'm I'm potentially looking at a bench boost in game week 26, and uh, I don't think uh, a city double game week is a double game week at the moment. Uh, 
especially i'm uh, not willing to spend 10 million plus on a manchester city at the moment uh, kevin is the only one who would probably tempt me but i feel like he's too much for somebody who's not guaranteeing you two fixtures in the double so what i could probably do and i was as a strategy what i was thinking about doing is spreading my funds around you know getting a lot of 7 million 8 million value picks and then in 27 i'll need to start trimming my squad right so i was thinking of then getting rid of one of these value picks and increasing uh, you know upgrading a mid level midfielder to a de bruyne in game week 27 which gives me that difference so that's what i was thinking from a strategy point of view hmm what do you guys think the bakar why don't you go first i'll let you guys take more of this since you guys are the ones on wildcard yeah, i think so, you guys can so gundo i think is he's is pretty much near with with the um, with the price tag he has even with de bruyne back i don't think that's going to affect his output too much because his numbers even before even when de bruyne was playing was still pretty good so i'm i'm even happy with even if he produces 60% of the output he's producing right now at that price i don't mind it's perfectly fine uh, for that price um So the city defense is tough now because I'm I'm fairly sure that Cancelo will probably miss a fixture. Stones is at risk with because the problem is that Laporte is back. Even Diaz's appeal isn't as big anymore because with Laporte back, I'm I'm not even sure that Diaz is going to play two games. So even though he looks the most likeliest, I'm I still can't say that with you know absolute assurance that he's going to play two games. So yeah, I mean I I I probably look at Diaz and and and. Um, And 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 Gundogan as well. I'll I'll see if I have a spot available in defense. If I do, I'd probably go with Cancelo just for the upside. Hmm. Uh, have you considered a few people are doing this, and it's not a bad idea. But the I feel like the upside of that pick is six points a game week. Would you consider the guy with the best tattoo in the league and potentially on penalties, Edison, as a second keeper? All of us are struggling to find a second keeper at the moment. Uh, I, I don't think I'm going to go there, but but yeah, I can I can see why people are interested, but but not not for me, not not just yet. Not I need to have Emi some Martinez. more evidence of the fact that you know he's going to be. I mean, there's Emi Martinez. Why do you need another keeper? We're bench boosting, so we need to. I mean, even then, at... so Edison, like if you even if you bench boost, you're still going to want Emi Martinez for the remaining weeks. Is my point. Yeah, fair It's enough. Too much. Fair enough. Yeah. Also, I I feel like let's say an Aguero hits form or a De Bruyne hits form, you don't want to spend a transfer on a keeper out to get Inside. that third. third city player as well so that's something i'm considering yeah. are we sure that edison is going to take penalties though we zero i don't think he's exactly. ever going we to take we don't have any kind of uh, information no, no, just, that was more uh, tongue in cheek that's all mm. uh, difficult for nil yeah. but I, worth noting that uh, city have a double game week again like you guys saw and uh, uh, pep confirmed that city have a double game week in 27 as well so it's definitely worth going Triple City on your wild card if yeah. uh, you're looking at the next two or the three. The fixtures are so good, right? You're talking about in 26, you have West Ham and one of Wolves in Southampton, and then United and then one of those other two teams again, and then Fulham. The fixtures are just so good. You think Laporte Diaz is as nailed as he was maybe a couple of weeks ago, sir? So? Not as nailed, but I would still say out of the whole lot. And again, we are going to see more of these patterns, I think, in the Champions League, right? If let's say yeah. they blow away Gladbach in the first leg. Things become a lot mm. easier in the second leg, so yeah. we we find out we'll be probably in a better position in a couple of weeks to take a call on this. But yeah. I, but I, I think, think Peppers as vocal as he could be in terms of I'm going to rotate guys, so don't trust me at all. It's an opportunity, right? Because the template is so entrenched now. If you want to move away from Man City, even though they have a double, now might be the time if you want to be Correct. aggressive about it. 
Exactly. And outside of Gundogan, if we really think about it, the points are quite distributed in attack. There's no standout single attacker who is uh, hogging the goal involvement when it comes to Manchester City. De Bruyne could well be that person uh, in the future, but at the moment, it's all... Uh, he wasn't doing it even before, right? I think he had one yeah. goal from open play. Gundogan yeah. got more than that in one match. Yeah. He was he was showing the underlying though, is what you're saying. If you're right. watching the game, De Bruyne... It's very high chance involvement for him if you're, when you're watching City. That's all. So, yeah. Yeah, he's very... His underlying numbers were... I agree. Sorry. Yeah, his underlying numbers were great, but but for, for someone on wildcard De Bruyne, I mean, it's it's far too early. Okay. Pep is not going to play him every game, particularly when he has the league more or less, you know, wrapped up even without him. I, I just can't see him being an option anytime soon. I agree. Let's move on. All right. Everton, Everton have a double game week, which could be Southampton at home and then either Aston Villa or West Brom away. I mean, the only asset I might consider if fit is uh, Calvert-Lewin in this game. Not Dean? Luca Dean. No, no, Dean not for me. I think there are much better picks in defence. Besides, I I fancy Villa and Southampton both both to score against Everton anyways. Yeah, and then you have one of Chelsea. The the thing is, the double drops in 28, right? Rather than 27, we are looking at possibly Burnley and West Brom. That's yeah. far, that's quite attractive, I think, in terms of like you know even a triple captaincy shout. If you want to look at DCL, that I think you could look there. Agreed. I think this is a much of a muchness, and we've get we'll hopefully get more clarity on this in a few hours later tonight. Right. Let's just skim yeah. through these. We already at fifty five minutes, so let's not. All right. I'll just quickly skim through yeah. it. Burnley, I think, not of interest because the double game week in twenty six is Spurs away and Leicester at home. Fulham, uh, wait. Fulham might have a double game week, which might be Crystal Palace away and Spurs at home. I think Araloa is somebody worth considering. As a cheap second keeper at 4.5 million, he tends to make a fair amount of saves as well and has a game in game week 29 as well. So that's something worth considering. Or the Fulham cheap defenders as well. I'm actually absolutely cheering for them. I'll just go through this very quickly. And if you guys feel like stopping me at some point, yeah. if you guys have anything to add, just let me know. Uh, so Araloa is worth considering and the Fulham cheap defenders are worth considering. Uh, Burnley, we mentioned United. Uh, United have a double game week potentially against Chelsea and Crystal Palace. So in the next two game weeks, they do have good fixtures. They've got Newcastle at home, Chelsea away, and Crystal Palace away. After that, it's a little bit of little bit hot and cold. That's why we spoke about Luke Shaw, who's a good asset, and it's a decision if you have to drop one of the big hitters, which we mentioned earlier. Leicester City is definitely worth mentioning because Madison Barnes and Jamie Vardy. All three should be in our thinking at the moment. Ricardo Pereira at 5.9 is an outside fund. I but but it's worth mentioning that Rogers mentioned in his press conference that Pereira is going to be managed in terms of his minutes as well. So I'm not entirely confident about a 5.9 asset where his manager is talking about he could potentially be managed. What is worth pointing out uh, with Leicester, as Bucker pointed out in the previous part, is that they have two good follow-up fixtures in terms of Brighton away and Sheffield United at home. I don't think Brighton is a very good fixture, but at least you can carry your players into 27 and 28 before you need to get rid of them. So, there isn't too much of a problem. Liverpool, for me personally, are the team to target. We spoke about them earlier. They've got Everton at home right now who are not doing too much, too well in defence. Then they have Sheffield United away, Chelsea at home. Then they have Fulham, Wolves and their fixtures after game week 30 are pretty pretty good as well. Uh, do you, just want to pose this question to both of you. I think I know the answer. Is Kabak an option at 5 million? No. No? Bakar for you? I I think he might be. I, I think he might be. Yeah. I don't With me, is this a strong... 
you don't trust it you, you, i mean you're not bullish on trent either so like we were talking about in the chat earlier right rudiger has the same number of clean sheets as the entire liverpool defense and he's only been playing since january yeah fair enough but like if you went and said that in um, let's say december which uh, city weren't uh, you know doing the best of things uh, it's just the trend no, that the city you spot- the trends were there right like that's why like you know you went hard on them early on cuz the trends were there because see but liverpool it just seems that they're so brittle right now i think it again might be a case of like you know going too early in terms of, i'd like to see them two three games of like being solid not conceding as many big chances and then i would say that yes you could see it happening right now i mean the underlying numbers are poor but if you if you just want to do it as a fixture player then it kind of makes sense because they have like sheffield united wolves fulham next three fixtures right And as a differential, as they are absolutely huge differentials in terms of defense. But in that case, like you've been mentioning about Trent, I say go the whole hog with Trent. Don't go only for the CS potential Agreed. with somebody like Kabak. Agree, agree. Yeah, I was asking about Trent only. I'm bullish because he just looks sharp on the eye test as well. That's, And that's one thing, one thing which is a lesser of a worry when it comes to Liverpool is you're expecting lesser rotation than the other teams when it comes to clock, especially since they have a fair bit to fight for in the. league as well at the moment i think their fourth spot is also in danger so i expect them to keep playing uh, the starting 11 in the league and i'm not too worried about rotation at the moment and and we are at that stage of the season where i think it's we've we've kind of established that trent is the go to guy in defense and not robertson given his his, his numbers and he trent looks to be you know he's, he looks to be more attacking he look, looks to be you know much better than he was early in the season as well yeah robbo's been the better defender all season but he just looks tired tired in the past yeah. month month yeah. or so Uh, Wolves is worth mentioning. It's pretty interesting because uh, they've got Leeds at home in game week twenty-five, which is a pretty good fixture, especially for those on wildcard. I think Neto is a decent punt in that price bracket. He's not competing with anybody in this price bracket, especially if you're looking to switch out of Rafinha as well or go with one of these guys in game week twenty-five. Neto is a decent punt because Leeds at home and then Newcastle away in game week twenty-six, which is a good single week fixture, and then you're getting two points extra for playing Manchester City. So. Just worth mentioning that because again, Pep mentioned that they could have a double game week, right? In game week twenty-six. Uh, outside of that, we don't have any confirmed news yet. So just uh, wait and monitor Ben Crellin's account and the Premier League official Twitter account at nine thirty IST or four PM UK time. Anything to add, guys? I think this was just the. Yeah, I think this is much. Uh, we will try to do something additional, maybe a pop-up stream or something if we do get news tomorrow, but. Let's take it as we go. In terms of macro strategy, just a couple of things that I'm going to add. You can consider the Brighton uh, and Hove Albion assets as well. They're in a good run. In fact, they're in the top five defense in the league in terms of underlying numbers as well as clean sheets in the past six, eight game weeks. And they've got a good fixture in game week 26, and they've got a good fixture in game week 29. So they've got a cheap keeper as well, and they've got cheap assets like White or Dunk. You know who can carry through. Uh, and play in twenty six and twenty nine as well. So just thought that was worth. Do we want to do a quick check of three top assets in each position? Sure, can do that. One, one, two. Bakar, you go first. I'd probably go with Martinez for the keeper slot. Right, keeper. Um, leave, leave three keepers. Just give me. De- I mean, Martinez is undisputed, right? We can just sure. bow to Martinez, and then after that, move on. Listen, tell me in defense, midfield, and up top. Uh, are we looking at differentials or any picks? Any no, picks, any for wild card like picks like you know we are not giving our wild card teams which like you know certain picks you like in each position irrespective of price. Uh, fair enough. I think uh, Bamford, Rafinha, um, Trent. I I really like Trent. Um, Alonso. 
think uh, I think that's that's yeah that's kind of where I am. The, the, these are the only picks which are kind of like I mean, I'm so, looking at right now. Okay, I guess what, what about Bruno, Kane, Salah, etc., etc. Yeah, so for Salah, me, we've already spoken about uh, Son is the one. Yes, yeah, so I think Son. I I prefer Son over Bruno in in my team as well. That's interesting. That's a decent shot, Panel. For me, the three that I definitely think are pretty nailed in my wildcard draft: Shaw in defense, uh, Salah in midfield, and uh, Watkins as a forward. So I just want to mention those three names. That's interesting. Uh, yeah, and uh, there's going to be a lot of permutations and combinations in terms of what news we might hear. So I'll just wait on that. Uh, also, another thing worth mentioning, Sina, since a lot of, we've covered a fair amount of macro strategy, is that if you're not looking to wildcard right now and looking to dead end your team in, let's say, gimmick 29 or 30, there's a decent picture shift in gimmick 31. So that could be a good point to wildcard as well after gimmick 29 and 30. Just wanted to add. That's fair. Let's move on to fixtures. Yeah, I think uh, let's just discuss the captaincy because I don't yeah. want this. For to be too long right. at the moment. I think the captaincy pretty much comes down to these three guys, right? This week, obviously, if you're not going to go with Bruno, I think it's Ings, Bamford, or Rafinha. Yeah, I haven't given it too much thought. What are, where are you guys at with these I, three guys? I'm leaning towards Bamford. Uh, over the, I was looking at the stats, and over the past six matches, Bamford and Rafinha, Rafinha is kind of matching Bamford. In fact, he's slightly better for expected goal involvement, minutes per expected goal involvement. Uh, but I, I think I'm still going to go with Bamford because over a sustained period of, of time, Bamford has the better stats. He's on penalties. He, he's, he just seems more safe. Yeah. So? For me, it's clearly and- Bamford. Because like, the thing is, right, the Chelsea fixture, I don't necessarily like for Southampton. I don't think we will concede over there if we do maybe one. Whereas like you know, the Leeds fixture, you can see them possibly scoring in both. So it's for me, it's probably Bamford... Ings and then Rafinha in that order. All right, cool. I haven't made my mind up, but I'll just present the arguments that I'm sort of internally debating in my head. When it comes to Bamford, Wolves could easily park the bus. We don't know how they're going to be in attack. Uh, and Bamford sort of has a tendency to drift in and out of games. He can be invisible in a game for 70, 80 minutes. And he has that little bit of a tendency. What I do like about Bamford is... Uh, that he's on pens, of course, and he's very FPL aware. Uh, a couple of game weeks ago, he he mentioned that he captained himself against the Palace fixture. I think uh, he's going to be very aware that there is a double game week and he's going to captain himself again. And I quite like that in a player. Just a small nurse worth mentioning. Rafinha, for me, has looked a lot fresher compared to Bamford uh, when it comes to the Leeds uh, attackers. And he's got a lot of outlets to attack. While Bamford is always around the box, Rafinha has got a very high chance creation threat, he's taking a lot of shots and he's on all set pieces as well especially if uh, Calvin Phillips is injured then Rafinha's uh, taking uh, corners and set pieces from both sides instead of just one side. So while uh, you know Bamford has pens, Rafinha has all the set, piece threat, set pieces as well and uh, with Ings, I feel like uh, he's got a much higher goal involvement chance than either Bamford or Rafinha so if, if Leeds score five or six goals, uh, there's a good chance that Bamford and Rafinha will have three or four involvements. Uh, and Ings can match that with three or four goals as well because his goal involvement rate will be high. So those three things are what I'm debating at the moment. Decent shot. So as of now, who are you guys looking to captain? Bakar, I think, are, I think both of us are pretty clear on Bamford. I think. Yeah, I'm uh, certain Bamford. And <clears throat> I think might 
I, I don't know. I, I, it no, could be fair. Bamford. I think I just don't. I just haven't made my mind up. I mean, it's tricky, right? Lot of people look at this and look at this as an opportunity to differentiate. But you have to make a concerned effort to pick the best pick, not necessarily Correct. just want to differentiate. So just Agreed. be wary Agreed. of that. Just be wary of Absolutely. falling in that trap. Absolutely. Right. So shall we wrap up with the Q and A? Yep. Okay. Quickly. Actually, wait. We question. have in terms of teams, we are just doing my team now, right? I think neither of you yep. guys. I've done that, so I feel a bit odd here, but I'm still gonna do it, I guess. Way. Go for it, yeah. So I've got Pope in goal, Diaz, Cancelo, and Maguire in defense. Sun, Salah, Bruno, Gundogan. Currently, Suchek, who's going to become Rafinha, Ings, and Bamford captain. With, and I don't believe I'm actually going to say these words. Martinez on the bench. Me for sub. Antonio second sub and Sufal third sub. So I had to look at the bookies odds, right? This Pope and Martinez thing. It's not like there's a marginal call. I think it's close to forty to forty-two percent for Pope and twenty-five percent for Martinez. So I have to trust the bookies with this one. I'd I'd have done the same. Uh, you need to do the more sensible thing. I'd have done the same in your position. Right. So the transfer is pretty easy, and then the wild card is going to be activated right away tomorrow night. In game week twenty-six. Yeah. Nice. Right, so let's move uh, on to right. Okay. Uh, first question uh, is from Tejas, FPL fan one two three four. Is it time to move on from the double city's defense, considering Pep Rulet to be more prominent during the UCL period? Zoff? It's an interesting question because I still think you'd like to. It all depends on the makeup of the rest of your defense. If you can afford to have three nailed-on starters in the other positions, I think you can still afford to do it because. But looking at those fixtures, I think it's pretty much whenever they turn up on the pitch, it's pretty much a guaranteed six points, right? You can't really say that about any other team. So it depends on the rest of your backline. If you have three nailed-on starters in the other positions, you can even afford if your two city guys get rotated. Yeah, a little bit of thinking that happens to me is if if you're worried about rotation, go with the cheapest guy. Like it's not like Stones is going to miss a lot of games at the moment. So just go with the cheapest guy, and he's offering you the best clean sheet chance at that price. That's an interesting way of looking at it. Yeah, but I I would in fact go the other way. I would look. I would go with the guy with the most upside, ultimately, because when he's on the pitch, he has the most likely of a chance to get like you know the biggest haul. Yeah, fair enough. I also think Cancelo is not as disposable as the other three centre backs because he offers something completely different to the City team, which makes it tick. So that's but also... that being said, with with uh, KDB back, it's not as much required, right? Because we talked about that Monday night football thing with Jamie Carragher did. So while reason why Gundogan can get so much forward is because Cancelo comes in and takes up that KDB role of the quarterback. So when you have KDB there, Cancelo is a tad more dispensable, also I think. Yeah, but KDB is going to be playing the Bernardo Silva role. Pretty much because uh, Silva is doing what KDB was sort of doing for that team as well, and Cancelo was doing what he was doing even while KDB was there. So hmm. that, that's the. That's I agree. The... I just think just now a little bit more than it would have been maybe in the past one month with KDB out. Fair. Fair. All right. Uh, next question is from FPL Banger, the Fantasy Premier League podcast. Uh, great pod if you haven't heard them. Worth listening to. Great account to follow on Twitter as well. Very interactive. Uh, He's, this one again for you, Zoff. We're looking at them, but do you guys actually be making space for a Chelsea asset on the wild card? Would be the value could value pick Alonso's heat map versus Newcastle was eye watering. Could have some joy versus trend in 26. And since it's tricky to work, EB26 with Mo Kane, Son, Bruno, who drops out? Zoff, actually, if you had to drop one of Mo Kane, Salah, Kane, Son, and Bruno, 
would it drop? Oof. That's like asking which one of my toes or fingers I don't really like. It's a very mm. difficult question. Probably I would drop Sun from those. Drop. Fair enough. All right. And I think we covered Chelsea uh, well in the first half of the pod. So I think yeah. let's not go there. Bakar, this one's for you. Best defensive enablers, cheap defensive enablers in 26 and 29? 26 and 29. Uh, I like... Um, ben White from Brighton, 4.4, plays uh, West Brom in 26, then Newcastle at, uh, at home in 29. Brighton have a very good defense at home, so I expect at least a clean sheet in, in either of the two fixtures. Other than that, um, it's it's tough. In, in 26, I... If a Fulham get a double game week in 26, then I think they're a great... Yeah, Pete, I guess one, one of their Pete, defenders might, might not very be good. bad. He's, he's been playing yeah. as a winger pretty much off late on the right side, so... It's, while we're talking about Brighton, I have a question to ask now. I had a look at the numbers. White's attacking numbers are really poor, but somebody who's been catching the eye is Dan Byrne. Mm. Yeah. And he's like, what, I think 4.2, right? Or something even yeah. cheaper. So yeah. what do you guys yeah. think? Is he nailed or is he an option? Because at 4.2, he's a great stocking filler. I think he's playing on the left-hand side in the Solly March position. If I'm not Correct. completely mistaken, I haven't been paying too much attention. And I think Solly March is out for the season. So, he could potentially be nailed. It's something I need to get into the right. I was very really surprised against Liverpool seeing this big lumbering guy getting up with so forward so much. He had a lot of chances against Liverpool, which really caught my eye. Good shout at 4.2 million. Again, you're not carrying too much money as well on the bench. Really good shout. Precisely. Yeah. All right. Uh, question is from Kostuk Patwardhan. I'll take it on. He's asking me if Grealish is worth getting for Game Week 26. I think yes. Uh, I feel like the player is too good to lay low for a long time and he's returned against all the teams he's supposed to return to. So, it's been predictable in terms of the returns he's gotten. Sauna Vardy for Game Week 26 and beyond. Uh, that's a very tough call. That's a very tough call. I'd, I'd say Son still. Yeah. Yep. I'd say I Son because Son. Vardy has... I, I, I think Vardy has substitutes available in midfield who are 3 million cheaper. So, that's the thing that's factoring my thinking. Uh, all right. Next question is for uh, is from friend of the pod FPL A three three. Worth mentioning. Best time to triple captain. We haven't discussed this from a chip strategy point of view. It's worth mentioning. Zoff thoughts. The multiple views. Well, I think obviously you have your Spurs assets in twenty six who look quite attractive in terms of triple captaincy option. It obviously depends on your chip strategy. If you're going for your BB, then not so much. And then the other options you'd probably have is the smaller double game weeks, which we're expecting for Villa. Or for Everton. So, like I had mentioned, if Everton do get that Burnley West Brom double up, I think that could probably be a great shout for DCL. Apart from that, maybe in 27, you could fancy a City player. I mean, Gundogan played only one game, but one game is all he needed. So, that is another option where you could look at. Or in a you list. don't like any of the options in this game week for a triple captaincy? Leeds? I, the thing is, right now, you look at Bamford's last few hauls, he, he got the big one against Leeds but otherwise you look it's more like five six eights and all that stuff I don't I think he's not hit double digit as many times as I like to this season primarily because of the reason you said that they spread the goals around so that's probably why I I think Spurs is the standout double in 26 so I think Son Kane seem to be the best that's what it depends on your chip strategy if you're BBing that week then that completely you cannot go there exactly if it's Burnley and Fulham I'm not so confident because I think Fulham have tightened up at the back. So, if Spurs are playing Burnley and Fulham, I might not even give the captaincy to Harry Kane. I'd be tempted to go Mo Salah or something of that sort because I don't think Fulham are as uh, 
bad team in defense as they used to be they're pretty good in defense at the moment absolutely agree uh i think that's it from us try to keep it short so what was the time what r15 r15 not bad all right just a reminder to like share and subscribe uh, we forget to do that nowadays uh, it really really helps our channel grow so please do that congratulations to ashwin again for winning the match of the week in game week 24 it looks like he or not uh, it's a week for ashwin's given the performance that avichandran ashwin showed in the test match as well and uh, you have a chance to fight for a shout out from hershel gibbs if you are the manager of the week in game week 25 now that's a celebrity i want to shout out from so make sure you're making your transfers correctly and try to win this prize in game week 25 uh that's it from us and see you on the other side good luck guys take care good luck guys sports social podcast network okay round 2 name something that's not boring a laundry oh a book club computer solitaire huh ah oh, sorry we were looking for chumba casino That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.